Welcome back to part two of the first episode of The Deeper Dive. We return to my father, now married and about to delve into the next stages of his life. We cover the next 20 to 30 years in short order and instead focus much more on the anxiety that developed for him and reflect on that in thoughtful and meaning-making ways. How are you feeling over those years? You okay, know? so yeah. we're married. We yeah. live in Patchogue for a half a year to three quarters of a year, which right. we st- should have stayed longer. Uh-huh. Uh, and we moved to Brooklyn. You know, her parents are nudging her a little, but not putting pressure on her to right. move or anything. Right. But come back come, to Brooklyn. Well, we come to Brooklyn. And then do you uh, uh, go nice. into the family business? And I start working enough? for Poppy. Okay. Let me add, did, do you feel like that was a bit of a mistake? Uh, yeah. 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 Do you feel uh, like... You had but a my choice? fault also. Yeah. But my fault also. Right. Uh, but no, I mean, they gave me every opportunity. And yeah. They, and they didn't at the same time. I mean, they paid me better. Right. Uh, it was an opportunity. But uh, no responsibility. Poppy did it all. But yeah, I guess he wanted me to learn it and say, but I hated the area. You know, it was downtown Brooklyn, yeah. um, New York. Princeton Broadway. I mean, the factory was on the intersection of right Princeton Broadway. Right on the corner. Yeah. I mean, it was a bum area at the time. Today, it's more fixed up with the... Uh, <laughs> Dad, it's it's more than fixed up. No, I know, Soho. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's the heart of Soho. Well, that's what started. Even his place I took for art then. How long did you work at the family business? Oh, the first time till uh, uh, November of 68, 60. Yeah, my father died in October of 68. Well, and, your father uh, died in October Yeah, of and I stayed actually a little longer. And then I had a reaction to that. To him passing, uh, right? Well, what was the reaction? What, what uh, t- I mean, explain that to me a little bit. What do you mean? What I do you guess mean? It was the yeah. second time a father died, maybe. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Maybe I don't know. Sure. Well, I think to that point, I mean, maybe it triggers not only losing triggers, yeah. lo- losing um, yeah. uh, Henry, your your stepfather, but also maybe re Re-kindling, triggers yeah. the memories of losing Possib- your father. Possibly. Uh, you know, bothered me. I got ner- I got nervous for the first time. I, I pat like a panic attack. Okay. And I went to the hospital. Thought it was a heart attack it, and so forth. But Dad, uh, he Henry passed away in October of sixty eight. Of sixty eight. And when did you have the panic attack? And right go to the in November. Of in November 68. of sixty eight. Okay. Yeah. The old man gets it clear as day. I think even back then he knew it to some degree, and certainly does now. But there always seems to be a lack of interest and import for him in making these connections and how thinking about these connections and working them through more may be really helpful. Maybe it was fear back then that drove how he reacted. And maybe now it's the power of things more fully being in the past. But I can't help think some more interest in connecting these dots may have been helpful in the past and that reflecting on them now would matter more to him. It sounds like there was anxiety there about working for your in-laws. It was, you know, a little bit, and that was building. But then Henry died, and right, that, that, that really tri- was a big, it, huge, tri- yeah, big trigger. Yeah, sure. it was a trigger, you know. I'm just, as you're talking, right? I mean, I'm just taking it in. I really appreciate it. I mean, to me, the, one of the thoughts I have a little bit is, listen, how did the, Henry's death, which was sudden enough, over a few weeks, he gets sick, he dies. It's very sad. It's both. It's sad because of him and and the history with him. But I do wonder to what degree it starts to churn up sort of that earlier stuff of like losing a father at seven. Because yeah. I, I don't think you'd spent 
a lot of time up to this point thinking about no, it. I, so I, I think did, it I maybe triggered didn't. you a bit. No, in a I didn't think way. about it during my teens, right, or early twenties. I didn't. And then when I was when it happened, I probably didn't think about it either because I was too young. Sure. To, to really sure understand. sure, and that's understandable, and nothing wrong with any of that. So uh, I, I just, I mean, does that does that sound right to you that maybe this was a, uh, triggering some of those sort of earlier things with, sure with your father, your biological father? I'm sure it blends in uh, in some way. I mean, you got to be an expert to figure it out. <laughs> well, never, Dad, I am an expert. Yeah, but you never really figure it out. Everybody's case is different. Of course, of course. Listen, that's why I'm sitting here trying to ask you a bit because I, I, I think, to me, it sounds relevant, but right. who knows? I know you pain in the ass. I did not become a fake doctor for nothing. Did you start to worry from there forward? I guess it was on my mind. No, I'm just saying in general. Yeah, I would have to say. So, I mean, here we are. We've gone through a lot of history, and we're up to 1968 and um, late 1968. And you know, I hadn't heard much anxiety, but it's starting to bubble up a little it's bit. It's starting to bubble. And then post being in the hospital, what's the storyline there? Like in 69, in 70, in 71, because Mark's born in 71. Like walk me through that a little bit. Is it? it does it not... Does it not well, continue the anxiety? It actually calms down no, no, again, no. or what? It was you nice, me. you know. Was first child, uh, we were happy. And yeah. you were now not working for Poppy. You were working uh, right. in, 60, in, in sixty-nine, seventy. Yeah. What? Are you, where are you working? Um, different jobs. Uh, Sixty. Uh, Did you go back to retail, 70, or you? Not, a little retail, uh, what do you call? Were you like not? Were you a little lost? Not sure what you wanted to do, or what, well, what was yeah, going on of there? Of course, of course. At that point. But I, I, I so you were, it sounds like you were a little like not sure what the hell you of wanted course, to do. I what I was going to do, right at this point. Anyway, in seventy, the end of seventy, I got it in textiles, but it was uptown mm-hmm. in the garment district, uh, Glenoid Mills, right. and um, that that was that worked out well. And uh, six years there, and you, uh, you had so were those right. years weren't that anxiety provoking, or you weren't that anxious during well, those years? Yeah, those uh, it was seven, good. It was good. Seventy it was a, to yeah, seventy six. Not bad. Uh, it was uh, not the money I was making in Poppy, but uh, at least it was you know it could be there for twenty years. I figured. Day to know. day, were you feeling more anxious or no? No, not yet. Okay. No, I was back to no- normal okay. already. So and then Mark was born in well, 71 and we moved in 73. Well, right. But so let's jump up and, to 76. And I mean, you're going to be born in this. Well, that's right. So I'm just, I mean, I'm a little mindful of it, right? So you, the job that you're in for six years, which is a long run for you, yeah. right? And anybody, and I, uh, it ends in June of 76. And then I'm in born June, in December of 76. Right, but it didn't bother me. I knew, uh, you know, we weren't It's all my poor. fault, isn't it? Tim? No, no, no. Are you crazy? <laughs> I'm joking. No, I'm joking. But I, I know that. I knew I know we that. weren't poor at that point already. Right. But did you did losing the job in seventy six start to it get you more me. anxious? Of course, it no? bothered me knowing you were coming. Right, right. But uh, I had unemployment first of all for right. twenty six weeks, and then what happened? And uh, then I hooked up in Malden Mills, and then you got hooked up with Malden Mills, and Malden, which was number one in the industry for fake fur, you know, three right. times better than Glenoid. Right, and but nobody can get in there. But Malden was the ideal job. You know, they did tremendous volume. Right, you liked that, right? Yeah, yeah, I liked it. So you were there from 79 to... To 85, 86. Right, and what, there was a fire? Oh, well, fire came then. Uh, yeah, first was the uh, first was the chapter 11. Things so you were pretty happy it. during those years? Yeah, or? Uh, yeah, I was happy. But Malden, you were happy at in t- until yeah, 84? Or that's when it ended? Till the end. Which was 84? 85 for me. 85. They kept everybody at different times. Right. And I guess, then, again, just checking in on the anxiety, like 
was it building during those years? I guess it no? starts to build in more expenses already. You know, uh, high school for Mark, you. Uh, um, but I guess that camp, maybe this and that, everything is wrong. But we were never out of money, don't get me wrong. No, I know, I know. You know, we had savings galore. And what, and what you also started to get, when did when did you get diagnosed with diabetes? 76, right after I right. left Glenoid. And correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like diabetes was also a thing. Like you oh, became yeah, yeah, very... Yeah. No question about that. Um, you no know, question. Right, no. very concerned with your health, right? Very... Yeah, I didn't take care of it well either. Right, 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 uh, right. I mean, well, would you, like, listen, it's a tough word, hypochondriac, where somebody gets very worried about you know their yeah. health. But it's I do really feel like that was something that started to go on for you. Yeah, okay. that started to go on. So in some ways, my dad is managing things pretty well from the late 60s through the late 70s, and even into the mid-80s. He recovers from a panic attack that sent him to the hospital. He deals okay with career difficulty, lack of career vision, and struggles for the companies he works for, though you can sense it bothers him, and that is very understandable. Here is another metaphor. It's like he never got to select in which boat he would like to leisurely cross the Atlantic in the early 1900s. And while he's not thrilled with what boat he finds himself on, it is working out okay. They have some shuffleboard, and the buffet is decent, and yet the first boat eventually starts to sink. Miraculously, he gets onto another boat, but then that boat starts to sink as well. This happens a few more times. At some point, you would think you would get pretty traumatized that this keeps happening, even though you keep getting onto other boats and don't die in Arctic waters next to Leonardo DiCaprio. But diabetes starts in the late 70s, and as we are about to hear over the next few minutes, it begins to cast a bigger shadow. I think that's, let me ask you this other thing, as, as we're talking about all this, because I think this is relevant. You, your father, your biological father, was how old when he died? 46. Right. So in 19, so you were how old in 1976? Uh, you were 40, 36, 37. Is it, yeah, because you were 40. Yeah, so you were, you were not, you were not at all near 46. I was 36. Yeah, no, I know, I know, I know. I'm just, I'm, I know, I'm with you. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, it's funny. Like, I always had in my mind this storyline that you started to think about, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to die father? young. Yeah, but I was his age, almost his age already. Yeah, but... Well, you like, weren't. I mean, you were still 10 years away. I mean, I'm, yeah, my theory yeah, is not so great, big, but but I stand big. by the theory a little bit of, I think you were, and, and this is where I might be wrong, I'm, and I, I want to hear your take, but I mean, did you start to worry about your mortality? Of course. You start to think already. I have two young children, or going to be two young one at that point. It was one month after I left there that I started to get it. Uh, and you weren't born yet, uh, uh, so of course. I mean, that's where I'm just playing with, right? Yeah. I could imagine that yeah. you having worries about, you know, mortality, a diabetes comes on the scene. Oh my gosh, what's going to happen? And, and you know, all of that is, you know, is so not I, ridiculous to have in the context of you lost your father when you were seven. Right, it's right? starting to play in your head, I guess. You said it well. Two kids, you're worried about. Well, uh, you know, they're growing up. I mean. Did those things start to like rattle around your head a lot? Yeah, they rattled with the uh, with the Malden thing uh, after Malden. I thought, you know, it'd be a nice job for a long time. Yeah, On a scale of one to ten, 
in from from seventy six to eighty five, ten being the highest. Where, what do you where do you think your anxiety was? Well, it started to build on a, on a one to ten scale. It started to build. I know. Give me you know, give me a number. Uh, I don't know six, five, six. Okay. I mean, Malden was the ideal good job for me. Uh, let me let me ask you this just for a second. I'm sorry, Dad. Five, five, six on a scale of one to ten, from seventy six to eighty five, from from seventy to seventy six on a scale of one to ten. What was your anxiety? Low, low. Like what? Two. Okay, okay. You know, I guess everybody has anxiety. No, of course, with. Dad. Listen, yeah, of course. No, but that, but that says a lot. You know, just the difference between a two and a five six. You know, it's a big difference. What I am starting to tease out here is that my father's anxiety increased earlier in his adult life and then subsided, but it started to increase again. Not strange for his anxiety to go back up as he is raising two kids and has economic uncertainty and then gets diabetes and then maybe starts to realize he is getting into his late 30s and early 40s and, wait a minute, didn't his biological father die at 46? So that uh, that was that was Malden, and then uh, yeah, Malden. I got the in the Fablock Mills, the one in Murray Hill, New Jersey. Uh, Fablock, and that you didn't love. Or? No, it was okay. It was okay. I didn't love it. It wasn't like Malden. And say. that and that ran from uh, eighty five five years about right about ninety years. And that's now. what caused the, after that. Your I know. Mitzvah was coming up yeah. in eighty nine. Yeah. Uh, well, what was going on for you that that got the anxiety really up? Well, the uh, diabetes was right. running it, rampant. It was right. It was not. You didn't have it very well under control, no, right? No, no, that's what I say. Well, I remember your numbers. I mean, I remember you. You, you know, I remember. See, th- this is where my anxiety. All the diet too. This is where my anxiety not came from, Dad. I'm not, it, and and I'm 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 not yeah. mad at you at all in any stretch. I'm just talking about it. Like I have memories of. You know, being in your bathroom when I'm like seven or eight, and like you're you're taking your blood sugar, and I I remember like, oh my God, what's the number going to be? If it's a decent number, everything will be all right today. We'll be all right. If it's not a good yeah. number, it's going to be a really upsetting day. I didn't think of how it affected some okay. other people at the time. It's okay. But I was I became hypochondriac. Yeah. It was a diet based mostly. I mean, if you take your insulin and do there is di- diet diabetic diets. Right. Um, di- diabetic what? Diets, diets. Yeah, you you did you didn't you probably didn't do your fair share, no, right? No, I'm sorry, 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 I didn't yeah. No, I know. And, I'm, uh, I'm trying to say it nicer, Dad. <laughs> and then I um, I should have stayed there, but I mean it would have been just a, a job. I. But it went. What happened? What was I mean, bad there? Was, it, the, the diabetes was running wild. Right. Totally wild. And you had some panic attacks. Uh, we get panic attacks. Let me just describe in some more detail what I experienced happened to my father in these years. He was scared to death about how his diabetes was going to impact him, so he became obsessed with his blood sugar, but did not truly shift his diet and behaviors in ways that would have been most helpful. He became a hypochondriac, but the avoidant kind, one who would rather obsess but not really do what was in his control about it. He was filled with immense fear about his mortality. Add to that, he did lose his job at the company he liked and hoped he might stay at for another 10 to 20 years. He did not love the new company he landed at, and the combo of his frustrations and fears about work and finances interacted with his fears about his health and mortality. 
My brother was focusing on being a teenager, and my mom was reaching her limits with the frustrating aspects of my father's personality that she had been dealing with for 20 years. It was a thick, upsetting brew, and I drank it up. At 8, 9, 10 years old, I keyed in to his precarious moods and ever-shifting levels of anxiety and fear. I became laser-focused on how he was doing and what I might be able to do to help him feel better, which was very little and the premise of which was very unfair to me. It's a sad and unhealthy dynamic when kids become the hypervigilant warriors of their parents, and unfortunately, it happens often enough. 1985 to 1990 were tough years. He struggled with his anxieties about his job and the diabetes. The marriage was struggling. I remember him having terrible anxiety as Hurricane Gloria hit the New York area in late 1985, and he went to what I now realize was both a psychiatric residential and then outpatient program for a week or two. I remember him walking around our backyard lost in anxiety as the tamer winds of Gloria whipped around the neighborhood. The week before my bar mitzvah, in late 1989, my dad got rushed in the middle of the night by ambulance to the hospital. It was panic and anxiety. Religion fully lost me that week when we had to pretend everything was all good in the Cantor's office an evening or two later as we made the final preparations for that silly service and during that silly party to celebrate I don't know what. In the years ahead, my mom would get a divorce from my dad. Spending time at his messy and sad apartment while my brother was off at college was not fun. My dad lost or gave up his less-liked textile management job, and by my high school years was a limo driver for a company out of Princeton. Years later in therapy that I started shortly after college, my therapist helped me key in on the idea of things deteriorating and falling apart. I was afraid everything must brutally deteriorate and fall apart because I saw that happen to my dad. And on the other side of the ledger, my mom's slow slide into a wheelchair from what was only diagnosed years later as multiple sclerosis. You know, this was, you know, I was born in 76. So, you know, you know, 85 to 90 were very big years of me growing up, you know, right. and I felt, I felt the anxiety building, you know, I mean, right. Probably because of me. Uh, it's also, Dad, it's also one of the things that makes me sit here as a psychologist today yeah, and, right. and be it's wanting to interview you, you know. So, you know, it, listen, it was not fun, I, you know, it was, you know, but it, it, you know, what doesn't kill us makes us stronger, hopefully, right? And it made me stronger. Didn't kill it. Didn't kill me. Yeah. But right, right. So you get stronger. It killed my happiness <laughs> when I was young. I mean, why I did it, I don't know. You can't, I can't understand. Why does somebody drink or do something, you know? Well, uh, but that, well, listen, this is what, drugs. let me, let me say this, Dad, right? I'm just, I'm not trying to sound smart, smart alecky, but like, let's just play with this for a second. So 1985 to 1990, I think it really took to, to, took to a next level. Right. If you really think about it, right? So you were born in 19, October of 1939. So in 19... 40, let's say. You know, so in 19... Between 1985 I'm, and 1990, you were... I'm, you're, I'm Well, you're 45, you're 46, you're 47, right. you're 48, you're 49, right? Right. Your father died when he was how old? 46. 46. You know... 
isn't well it was the time um, at peak time yeah, yeah listen 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 i'm not i just think that that's sort of fucking beautiful and sort of fucking tragic right because i think it mattered i mean i my, my belief that i could be wrong but my belief is on some level the reality of like your father died at that age that's going on in your in mind your in mind. certain ways that you don't even realize and i could be wrong i'm not yeah. sitting here saying i'm right in your mind, but yeah. i my belief in how the human mind works and not in a voodoo kind of way but in a kind of hey you know we're processing things our minds are, are trying to make sense of our fears and our world to me that's no coincidence on some level yeah probably it could be could be it comes together yeah i'm not let's figure it out just, and by the way, it's understandable beyond belief. I mean, how the hell how the hell would I feel as a forty six year old if my dad, if you had died when I was seven and you were forty six, I think I'd be fucking having a nervous breakdown when I was forty six. Yeah, I guess in the back of the mind things strange things happen. Who the hell knows? Yeah, I mean I I think but, you ever think of, but you never thought about it like that, like uh, that. Hey, that time when you're the anxiety been, reaching a I'd real fever pitch. Sometimes I probably put the ages together. Right, right. I'm, I'm I'm too active in mind not to do you know stupid things of thinking. Who the hell knows? And stupid things of thinking, he says with some mild disdain, or maybe not. My dad is doing great though. He is letting me play with him about these ideas, and I think he sees the validity of some of what I am talking about. But he just does not have a more implicit openness to these kinds of psychologically-minded ideas and ways of thinking about things. Again, having the ability to not examine things in his life all that closely was probably a very helpful coping mechanism given what he went through and what his supports were at the time. What would have been the point of looking closely at some terrible shit that made him sad and that nobody was going to help him work through in very psychologically minded ways? See, this is why I value therapy and right, like being psychologically minded because, and it's all good. You can't go back and I'm not wanting to, but like if at the time you were with somebody and talking about that a bit and really getting that on the table, I'm not saying it would have changed a ton of things per se. But it might have been helpful, right? Like if, if you could have figured that out in like 80, 81, you know, 82, before it reached a fevered pitch. And hey, you know, the impact of my father passing, how's that impacting how I'm being a father and getting through life? And why, you know, I'm 46, he died. It's, you know, that's coming up. I, I, th I it could have helped, could have made it, you could have gotten through it better. I could, you know, it's all woulda, coulda, shoulda, right? But just... Those that's that's how I hope therapy that I'm doing with people now helps them. You know things like that, right. making sense of what's in play. So you're saying I contribute to your uh, finding the right uh, occupation. <laughs> that's to you. yes, that's my central point. Through, through my uh, yes, yes, I'm I'm here to thank you with a huge bow for the uh, tremendous anxiety I felt from uh, nine to, uh, to to seventeen, fifteen, sixteen. No, Dad. I mean, I. Listen. I'm not saying that was easy to uh, to uh, to live with. Uh, I didn't mean any harm. I know I you think. didn't mean any harm. I'm not a um, a monster. Monster, malicious, or you know, 
You're a monster. I'm crazy. No, person. you're not, not at all, Dad. Well, that's my point, right? I'm just. I mean, I, I, maybe I'm doing a poor job of, of 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 playing with it right now, but you weren't a monster at all. I think you were dealing with some really fucking heavy shit. Possibly. And I don't think you quite realized it. Possibly. Yeah. The hell knows. Who the hell knows? I think so much of my life has been connected to how haunting that question is. And how at some point I decided I wanted that fucking question to be answered. Because it does have an answer. For him, for me, for every person on this planet. I'm not saying there's an absolutely right answer for each of us. Hell, I might have gotten 70% wrong of what I am playing with regarding my dad. But I do firmly believe some of the dynamics I am playing with regarding him are relevant and help understand his experience more. Who the hell knows? Eventually, we can. Let me epilogue this a little bit, right? Because, well, because I think I think 85 to 90 was a really t- very particularly t- stuff, tough stretch for you. Right. I think 85 to to 95, not 90, you know, you got better. I mean, listen, then you, you guys got divorced, you know, and I think that was, that was sort of the, almost the end of the bad period. I mean, maybe it was not for you. And I'm I'm steering this at this point a little bit, right? Because part of this, listen, this is both a story of you, and honestly, part of this is it's a story. It's a story of me, right? Because it's a story. You know, you it's a, find right. out things. Yeah, no, and it's just right because it's listen. A lot of the, it impacted me. What brought and, and, you into certain right. yeah. conditions? But, uh, but do you feel like your anxiety got better? Oh yeah, in the mid '90s into the early 2000s, less tension, a little less tension. Uh-huh. I mean, the divorce maybe helped, and now when the kids get older, right. uh, they do their things, and you know they get married, or they're off on their careers. Well, you start to you know listen. In one way to think about it, and again, I don't mean to be uh, cheeky, but like I'm, I'm I, I, in my deepest heart, I don't think I am. I'm, this is what I sincerely believe. That that no that. After 46, after 47, after 48, it after 49, the, after 50. Pre- relieves the pressure. Yeah. I mean, hey, hey, man, you're still around. You're now 53, right? Yeah, you're now yeah, 54. And I, and I made, you're now 55. I, it's like it, every year that goes by, it's sort of like, holy shit, I'm not dying at 46. And I'll be 83. Now I got to catch my mother, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what Wait, do I yeah. Do? Yes. What, what do we do there? Right. Well, you know, you got to have a panic attack and not uh, and make it to what? What? She lived to almost, what? Almost ninety-three. Oh, geez. So you're gonna live until ninety-three. Ten more years. Ugh. Ten when years. will this end? Huh? When will this end? Well, you'll be uh, fifty-something then. Oh God, maybe I won't live in. Now when you're gonna I'm shoot 90? me. Wouldn't that be the greatest irony of having this conversation? I now right. go into a massive panic attack. How many days do you think it took before I had the first panic attack of my life? I have had very significant anxiety at times in my life, but it was more like being at an eight or nine chronically when it was bad. Three days after recording this interview with my father, I had a panic attack. An absolute 10 that came on quick, seemingly out of nowhere, and that I struggled to regulate for longer than I wanted. The reality is I'm turning 46 at the end of this year, and that started to dawn on me and scare the shit out of me. Since having the panic attack, I have been dealing first with vertigo and more recently with some funny chest pains that I'm pretty sure are pockets of bad gas, but at 28 and 35, you can tell yourself that much easier than as you turn 46. Why the fuck did I not wait to do this interview until I was 48 
or even 50. I am slowly talking myself through this recent hurdle in my psychology. Apparently now living in the brave new world of my post-panic attack reality and the power in my mind of being 46 with my family history. And as I sit here editing this interview, five months on from the panic attack, you will hear in a moment how my father quickly encourages me not to get myself worked up about any of this, since I already went through so much anxiety when I was younger. My father is being there for me the best he can. Yeah, you won't get bitten with me. You don't, don't, don't get you know, carried away that you have to get a panic attack after me. No. I mean, you go through with me during all the years. and uh, Well, I remember you saying something. See, you you did a few things for me. And, like, when I was in college, I remember, like, I'd be angry at you. I mean, listen, I still am angry at you moments. <laughs> but I, I was angry at you, this and that. And I remember just a couple of times you, you said to me, and I think you were in therapy at the time, but maybe not. But you were just at a better place, and you said – stop you don't have to be like me don't be like me you said something what you didn't intend to say it wasn't a big dramatic moment but i remember you said it and it really did mean the world to me like you just said it like you don't have to be me and it was almost like stop it like you don't want to be me you don't you know you're not me but you just said it in a quick turn of phrase and it really meant a lot it was a helpful moment i remember exactly (laughs) i know you don't but uh, possibly, yeah. You have you're you're different than me. Actually, you're both different than uh, thank God than me in some ways. In some <laughs> ways, maybe the same. Oh, uh, sure, sure. Who the hell knows everything? Well, but that's sometimes that's why it's worth actually trying to understand it a bit. But your history, your history is interesting to me. And what I hear is just somebody who sort of rolled with it for a long time, but I, I, it seemed to catch up with you maybe or Absolutely. something eventually. It's a good you know? way of putting it. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. Taking shortcuts maybe all along. Not only shortcuts, but... Yeah. Uh, and then it maybe avoiding, maybe I'll think about it later. Maybe or... avo- avoiding, yeah, which I still do to some degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think my father did use a lot of avoidance growing up and throughout his life, and his anxiety certainly got the best of him for a number of years. But as I referenced a few times, I think his use of avoidance, minimization, and even repression and denial were very understandable coping mechanisms he developed to get through the trauma he experienced and the well-intended but lower levels of psychological support and guidance provided to him. I hope speaking with me about his history has made him think about his journey in a few new ways that he values. In many ways, I wish I could wave a magic wand and have that seven-year-old talk and be willing to talk with a good, kind therapist to deal with his father's sudden death, and again a few years later in the 1950s when an only child from Brooklyn had to transition to a farm in Freehold, and again a few years after that when a fairly socially isolated young man was thinking about what he might want to do for work and career, let alone how to approach relationships with others and himself. But then he would have been a very different person, and it's hard to believe I would have ever been. So I think my father and I have to appreciate what made each of us who we are. And I, and maybe even my dad, can value the way therapy and psychological-mindedness can help people going forward. But as someone once told me, who the hell knows?